Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Untamed World Podcast, hosted by Sheridan LeBay. Join me on this untamed journey around the world as we explore sensuality, sexuality, and intimacy. Live your best untamed life. This is your host, Sheridan LeBay, back for another episode of The Untamed World. I am with here with Rena Martin. Super excited to have you. Thanks so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Yes. So Rena is a certified women's intimacy coach and educator. She has spent 14 years as a deputy district attorney with the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office, where she prosecuted cases of sexual assault, child abuse, and domestic violence. Today, Rena helps women love their body, experience deep intimacy, and have great sex that's shame-free. I love it. That's just... I can't even wait to get into it because I'm just like, this just sounds very unique and I have to know how to get here. So I'm <laughs> just like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I was reading your website. Yeah. Like, First of all, your website's amazing. Your website's beautiful. Thank you. Yes, I definitely, when I, um, when I decided that I was going to have a website, I knew right away that I did not want it to look like your typical coach's website. Yeah. And I had a very unorthodox vision in mind. And I found a fantastic designer who really just helped me bring it all to life. So thank you. I love it too. It looks great. Yeah. So of course, like the first question that came to mind when I, you know, read your bio, saw your work is you went from being in the deputy district attorney's office to being a certified women's intimacy coach. Like what led to this career shift? Because of course that just sounds like two totally different industries. So how did you make that pivot and, and decide to take this career path? Right. Um, well, so I spent the majority of my 14 years with the DA's office prosecuting cases of mm -hmm. sexual assault, child abuse, and domestic violence. So yeah. uh, the majority of my career was helping survivors of trauma and primarily females, you know, so women and little girls. Yeah. And after doing that for about a decade, um, there were a lot of lows there. And the work was incredibly rewarding when justice worked in our favor, but oftentimes it did yeah. not. And, and so that got to be really hard on me. And so for personal reasons, I decided I needed to go and focus on some other areas of prosecution, some other types of crime, because uh, a decade worth of that really took its toll. And then I became increasingly dissatisfied and just didn't have that spark for what I was doing anymore. Yeah. And simultaneously, I was going through my own journey, my own personal journey, I had decided to um, end the marriage that I was in. I was doing a lot of own, mm -hmm. my own healing in terms of how to cultivate intimacy, because I felt like 
I was doing a really bad job at it, that there was just a string of romantic relationships I had had in my adult life. Um, and that the lowest common denominator was me. And, um, so I began rewriting my own narrative and making huge shifts in my life. And as I started doing that and reading all the books and listening to all the podcasts and going to therapy and doing all the things that we as women do to try to heal, Mm -hmm. I realized, um, that there was a limit to how much you could do. And it took me years to figure this out on my own. And I saw how many other women (laughs) were struggling. And, um, so it it spawned this, this fire in me to want to help other women reach the point in their lives that I had managed to successfully reach. And so I got a coaching certification and began coaching while still practicing law and was able to transition out of the law earlier this year. And I'm committed to doing this full time now. And it's the most rewarding work I've ever done. Yeah. That's, that's so amazing. And I love one that you're exemplifying how you can make career changes. Of course, I know this podcast is not about career, but I just have to give you your kudos because I think a lot of women, a lot of people in general, but especially women, we feel like, okay, we've picked this career path or we've picked this relationship and we just got to see it through. And you were like, nope, new career new relationship like you were like I don't care if it's been a decade I'm going to go after the life that I want so that's amazing yeah and I think you know even though you say this isn't a podcast about career it is a podcast about being untamed right and and what does that mean so I think this is exactly (laughs) on point which is saying you know what I'm going to rewrite the rules and do what's going to bring me joy So I think that there is more of a connection there than perhaps there may seem on the surface. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sure, that is very true. I was like, I just want to get that disclaimer because I know somebody's listening like, oh, I did not get on here to hear about career. But I do think that probably plays a role into the type of coach that you are because you walk the talk, you know, you walk the walk, you talk the talk. So I think that's a big deal when you're, hiring a coach or you're hiring a therapist is okay what have they done in their life to you know be accountable it's one thing to have a certification it's another thing to say hey i've shown up radically in several areas of my life exactly now exactly that. so, that's awesome yeah and something else too that i really enjoyed from you kind of talking about your story is that you took accountability like i think you know Sometimes when we have these quote unquote failed relationships, they're not failed, but these relationships that don't pan out how we think they should, we don't necessarily internalize it to where we want to do work. Sometimes we either blame everybody else or we just internalize it and turn it into shame. But you found that middle ground of I'm not going to blame my partners and I'm also not going to make myself feel shitty either. I'm just going to figure out what I need to do to get the type of life that I want. Like, did you ever go through a period of having shame or blaming partners or were you are always just kind of like, well, uh, I absolutely went through periods of shame. That was really what started me on my own journey is saying there's something wrong with me. Right. Mm -hmm. The common denominator is me. So I must be broken. There must be something wrong with me. And to get more specific about it, um, I, I came to terms with the fact that I'm just not wired for conventional monogamy. 
I'm not. And I tried to fight that for so long mm. and to fit myself into this, you know, neat little box of what most people want. And yeah. finally, I, I had my moment of reckoning where right. it was like, Rena, there's nothing broken with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You just, and there's no box really. Like the box, yeah. that was the shame. That was the social construct. That was the box. Yeah, yeah you create the box. Yeah, the box does yeah. not exist. Like we create the box. I think that's definitely a part of like living the untamed life where it's like a lot of the limitations that we put on ourselves or the shame that we feel is like self-imposed. Like I saw this quote that was like floating around Twitter the last few weeks where it was like, the only person that can be embarrassed, like you decide if you want to be embarrassed or have shame about something. Like no one can make you feel embarrassed or say you're embarrassed. We identify with that emotion and then we put a label to it of, oh, I'm embarrassed because of this or I feel shame about that. So I, I'm here for it. A lot of people, a lot more people are getting into ethical non-monogamy than people probably know of and I, I'm glad that you're speaking on it because sometimes people do want to be private about how they're handling their relationships but I do think it's it's good to have a resource and kind of see how other couples are you know effectively doing it in a healthy way so what did that even look like for you getting into your first relationship where you were like okay let's try out you know non-monogamy how does that work what does that look like like what type yeah, of conversations so, did you I mean let's just get the same you know take a step back for a moment because ethical non-monogamy is this huge umbrella and under that there's polyamory there's there's swinging there's a lot of stuff and so I just okay. want to point this out because a lot of people <laughs> okay. think um I can't do polyamory therefore I wouldn't be good at ethical non-monogamy. And that's just one way that you can go with this. Um, I don't identify as poly, but mm. when I um, entered back into the, well, I shouldn't even say enter into the dating scene, but when I exited my marriage and wasn't really looking anyway, but you know, people come into your life <laughs> organically. And I made it very clear to everybody that I was not looking for conventional right. monogamy and that really my primary relationship was going to be with me, that I was not looking for a nesting partner. Mm. I was not looking to get married again, all of these things. And so, um, I was at a point where I had mm -hmm. concurrent relationships happening. Um, no one took priority over the other. Um, and then with my partner now, who is my primary partner right. over the course of time, you know, we both started off as self-identified solo polyamorous, like, you know, I'm my own relationship and everyone else is secondary. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm solo <laughs> yeah. poly girl. So, I love that. That's so we both started off started. from that understanding. <laughs> Luckily, this wasn't a discussion that I had to, you know, convince him about or vice versa. We met and it just so happened. We were both mm -hmm. totally on the same page, which is rare. But mm -hmm. of course, you know, we ended up now he is my primary partner and, and vice versa. Yeah. We choose not to live together and um, and we still maintain mm -hmm ethical non-monogamy within our relationship, but we don't have other relationships. Um, ours is more closely. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's more close to what Dan Savage would call like a monogamish okay. arrangement um, where there's some flexibility there. 
Yeah. yeah. And, and understanding like, that, see um, when I see you. Yeah. that we're not, we trust each other enough to know that neither one of us would do anything that would compromise the integrity of our relationship. So there's gotta be that trust there. And we have that, but it's, it's a, it's a process. If you mm-hmm. want to enter into an ethically non-monogamous relationship, yeah. you have to check in all the time. And, you know, we closed up for quite a while during the pandemic because, you know, but it's, it's an yeah. ever evolving thing. You can change the rules, rewrite them whenever you want. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you, you taught me something new today because I had no idea there were all these layers or different categories. You're under what could fall under ethical non-monogamy. So thank you for that. Um, and too, I've never heard of solo poly. Like I like now that you're saying that, I feel like I would love that because I've always joked with people like I would love to have a separate bedroom or you can have the house next door or something like just to be able to say, hey. I want to have my space. And I'm sure there are other people listening like, man, I identify with that because it's not that you want to be in a quote unquote open relationship to go date other people. You're just like, I want to be in an open relationship to where I know that I'm not having to necessarily give up my entire self and time just to this person. And I still want to make me like the main priority. So I, I love that. Concept. Yeah, it's pretty great. We live around the corner from one another. Um, and we have for a few years now and the arrangement works incredibly well for us. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I love that. So, yeah. <laughs> so I have a few questions and if any of them are like TMI, just let me know. Cause that was one of my questions, but you kind of already talked about the living around the corner. Do you guys plan out time when you want to go have dates? Like, is there a, mutual where it's like okay you can you have a key to my house you can still come and go as you please and vice versa like how where are those and I know every relationship is different but I'm curious how that works you know like with because it sounds great I'm just like do you have to have rules you get to say hey let's make sure we're checking in every night what is yeah you know we we don't have unfettered access to each other's places. So I have a key. He's got a key. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never show up unannounced, nor would he, unless it was like a sweet surprise yeah. or there's an emergency or something like that. But right. No, but not a no, regular. No, no, no. Yeah. We, we very much <laughs> schedule when we're going to see each other. And the nice part about that is if I know, okay, um, like I'm going to see him tonight. He's coming over tonight at seven after I'm done, Mm -hmm. um, with one of the groups that I'm running and I know when he's coming and I know to be prepared for that. And, Mm -hmm. and it's not just like this default mode where we assume that we're going to spend every day together. He and I do not spend every day or every evening together. We're very deliberate about our time. So that way we can say, okay, I know I'm going to get all the things done. I need to get done before I meet up with you because Mm -hmm. oftentimes With couples, if you don't have that mindful um, designated time that you're hanging out, it just becomes that you're two people who just happen to be in the same space and you're not meaningfully connecting with one another. So, yes, we plan our dates. We we plan our time. We are extremely mindful about it. Yeah. I love that. Um, It's just so it's I feel like it's a freeing type of relationship, you know, to be in, to, to be able to still have your own space. So in some of the work that you do with your clients, are you, do you 
recognize that some of them may lean towards this and not realize it like when you're having those conversations and I'm sure you're working with women who are in relationships or like you know going through that phase of okay I've had relationships that didn't work let me work on myself is that a realization that you see happen often with women realizing I may need to change the dynamics of how I even have a relationship or operate in a relationship absolutely I have seen women go through so many radical shifts, whether that's from uh, monogamy to non-monogamy or even non-monogamy to monogamy. Um, Yeah. I mean, in every which way you can imagine um, people really exploring their bisexuality or their pansexuality, but just, or their kink. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's been actually a huge trend in my clients recently. That's huge. Is women on a weekly (laughs) weekly basis. I'm getting text messages from former clients who are telling me about all the amazing sexual fantasies that they've been able to enact that they were always too scared to even talk about before so yes um yeah but i am not here to shout from the rooftops that everyone should be ethically non-monogamous and everyone needs to be kinky and everyone needs to move out and live separately from their partner what i am shouting from the rooftop is this you know what if you want to ascribe by ascribe to all of the standard rules of you know meet each other, date, fall in love, move in together, get engaged, get married, have babies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That is absolutely wonderful. Mm -hmm. But are you doing it because that's what you want or is it a should? Is it because you should be doing that? And if we can get to the root of that shame, because shame and should are like strange bedfellows and find out, you know, what's honoring you? And if honoring you means that you want heteronormative vanilla white picket fence, you know, 2.5 kids, <laughs> then that is perfectly fine. Right. Exactly. Go ahead. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Cause I have had a few clients who, um, who were practicing either swinging or poly and then came to realize like, you know what, this mm. actually isn't what I want. Like, I think I do want something closer to conventional yeah. monogamy. Yeah. So it swings both ways. Yeah. 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 I think that's a great point. And that's something I always tell people when I talk about untamed, because people hear untamed and they're like, Ooh, wow. You know, like the most extreme tie me up, whatever. And I was like, but that's not like untamed is that, but it's finding your own version of untamed for some people. Untamed may be like you said, vanilla. I'm just, you know, enjoying the normal, you know, sex whatever and then there's all these different aspects of what untamed can mean and it's really just i think the confidence and the empowering comes from just figuring out what your version of that is and making sure like it's what you want at the end of the day like if you want to go and have kinks and get tied up every night and change outfits then do that and if you want to have scheduled vanilla sex you could do that too like like whatever, whatever yes. you want to do. Yes, so I, I love it. That's, that's awesome. I love it. Yes. What are some of the ways or you help your clients develop more intimacy? Like whether they're working on intimacy with themselves or just trying to build intimacy with others. Like what are some, some tips and tricks that you give them to get started? Well, 
So I, I don't offer individual sessions with clients. Um, I offer a comprehensive program and it's eight weeks long and it's called shameless because shameless is, is my thing. Untamed is yours. Shameless is mine. Um, it's holistic in nature. So just, you know, a general breakdown is mind, body, soul. And so we really start with the mind because that's where so many of us women are stuck all the time. There's the us that have, uh, the exists time. above the neck and the us that exists oh below gosh. the neck. So, yes. so going in and using techniques that are based in neuroscience to actually begin to change the way that you think. Um, we do some techniques that are also based in our understanding of how our brain works and how our subconscious works to go in and start really getting to the root of some of these narratives that we have. Um, And then from there, we drop down into the body, we do some somatic work, we really integrate so that you can see your body as a source of beauty as a source of pleasure. And then once we've done all of that, we get to the soul and we ask, you know, who are you? Who are you to your core? And what do you want? When it comes to sex, what do you want when it comes to emotional intimacy? What do you want in a relationship? What do you want in life? What kind of sex do you Mm -hmm. want? And asking the questions that many of us have never given ourselves permission to even ask or to answer. And so we do that so that by the time um, we are done, each woman, because every woman is unique, she has a full and comprehensive understanding about exactly who she is and what she wants. And hopefully we have dissolved all of the shame that is sticking around. And so that's how we do it. And we get it done in eight weeks instead of people trying to spend years figuring this out on their own, because I was one of those folks and it doesn't need to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. I love that shameless. It's just, it's releasing other people's (laughs) shit. You know, at the end of the day, it's like, I think when I hear shameless, a lot of the things that we carry around with us, whether it's the thoughts in our head, how we go about relationships, how we go about sex, it's not even our own. It's I'm sure a lot of women that go through your coaching program, it's just them releasing a lot of stuff that doesn't even belong to them. Like this doesn't even have anything to do with me. Yeah. Yeah. And and usually um, most of it is has been internalized so long ago. And the, the overwhelming majority of my clients have been to therapy before. And there's a Mm -hmm. limit to how much you can do in talk therapy, because logically speaking, you may not be able to say, yes, my intimacy issues started at this exact moment when I was four years old. So, (laughs) So we need to kind of remove some of the talk and some of the logic out of it and just allow Mm. your body your subconscious and use more probing questions to really get at the root of this because we're all smart women. We can, we can read, we can talk, you know, we can answer questions, but it's really going in and do that, doing that soul searching, um, that, that, um, that my clients need some help with. And, and that's where I step in, but just giving them a space to imagine what would my life look like if shame weren't an option. Yeah. Ooh, that is a mm-hmm. word. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I it's I love the work that you're doing. I think that we need more women doing the work because, you know, it just helps you to live a more fulfilling lifestyle. So I appreciate it. So we're gonna get into what I like to call untamed power hour. 
where I'm going to ask you about a few untamed questions. There's no right or wrong answer. You just answer first thing that comes to mind and then we'll go. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, first question is, tell me about a memorable untamed experience or story. Ooh, I have so, 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 so many. Um, But I think what first comes to mind for me was I was in uh, Copenhagen a few years ago on the first solo trip I had ever taken. I love to travel. um, And yeah, it was memorable because I had wanted to go to Copenhagen for a while. And my um, ex-husband that just wasn't really top of his list of where he wanted to go. So I was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to go on my own and no one's going to tell me I can't go. So I did. And there was this one day I was on the train going out to an art museum that's about an an hour outside of the the center of the city. And it dawned on me in that moment that I could date myself. And I was like, not only that I could tolerate being around me, but that I loved me. And that I could take myself out to a fancy dinner that night just for me. And that I didn't have to wait for anyone else to accompany me or to validate me. And in that moment, I felt such overwhelming joy and freedom that I just broke down into tears on that train (laughs) like a crazy person. But that, I think, was probably the most profound moment for me in feeling untamed and feeling like this just overwhelming sense of freedom and like the world is my oyster right now yeah I totally relate because I actually just spent the summer doing the exact same thing and traveling by yourself really will make you realize like how much how dope you are like you're just like having a great time or like one of my family members was like are you bored you're not lonely and I was like no not really I was like you know I I go out around people I link up with my friends that live in the cities but I, I definitely encourage everyone and especially women I know there's so much fear around like traveling alone but it's like anything could happen anywhere go somewhere that you feel like you're going to be safe and just explore like that's that really I think if every woman did that it would bring out another sense of like feeling untamed and feeling free because you're like, I did this on my own and I was able to do what I wanted to do. Like, I think one of my favorite things about traveling solo is literally being like, I want to wake up and go do this in the morning. I don't have to like see what everybody else wants to do. I don't have to coordinate what I want to do. Oh, isn't that the best? wanting to go to a museum. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best. It's it's honestly spoiled me. I'm not going to lie to you. It's definitely spoiled me because I've gone on some trips with people like since then. And I'm like, oh, I love y'all. But like, I'm so used to like just getting up and like going and not having to coordinate schedules. So don't get me wrong. For my friends that's listening, I love traveling with y'all. But I also really do love solo travel and being able to just wake up and explore and not having to convince anybody to like go do what I want to do and you know I will point out since just because we're on the topic of travel that even if you are traveling with friends or with a partner it's always a good idea to carve out some time where you do your own thing because you get to have your own adventures and then you come back later in the day and you're like what'd you do today and it's I don't know it's it's good stuff it's good stuff 
it's okay to say it too, like feeling okay. Like I went on a trip with some friends to Mexico like earlier this year and I did that one of the days. Like one day I was like, I'm going to get some work done and then I'm going to see y'all tonight. Like, and it was just great to be able to walk around. You know, it's like, yes, we're all on a trip, but don't feel like you have to stick with the group the entire time. Like, it's okay to say, hey, y'all, I'm skipping dinner tonight. Hey, I'm not waking up early to go on that hike. Like, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> like, they would be it's okay. It's okay. It's you. okay. And if they're not okay with yeah. it, it says more about them than it does about you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I love it. So going into that, you've kind of talked about this throughout the episode, but I'm going to just ask you again to see what your answer is. But what does untamed mean to you? Untamed to me means to be shameless and to, to ask yourself, you know, what would my life look like if shame weren't an option? What would my life look like if I eliminated the word should? from my vocabulary and leaning into that, leaning into that. And so, you know, this idea of being untamed is kind of like you can run wild, right? The possibilities are endless. Mm -hmm. And when we change our own mindset and perspective about like, wow, what would I look like if shame weren't an option? It's kind of like, almost like you're removing those shackles and you can be, you can be wild and you can be free and go wherever you want to go so that's that's what it means to me I love it I I definitely love I love shameless like I'm probably gonna start using that word a lot more too because I I genuinely really like it yes so what right now in your life is currently making you feel untamed um I have to say just me being able to talk about pretty much whatever the heck I want um, on Instagram mm-hmm. is making me feel pretty untamed. Um, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I will see people shy away from certain things or certain well-known um, mm-hmm. educators who don't use their actual identity on there. And I, yeah. I'm like, I want to be the change that I want to see in the world. And... And to say, you know, yes, um, a year ago, I would not have had pink hair and you would have found me in a courtroom. Well, maybe not during the pandemic, but two years ago, you would have found me in a courtroom. (laughs) And today, I can talk about this. And if I can do this, you can too. And so that's making me feel so good um, is is creating content online that people just aren't talking about, whether that be about orgasms or BDSM or anal sex. Like I just, I don't care anymore. People out there want to know it. And so I'm happy. I mean, yeah, people are doing it regardless. That was my whole untamed thing. Like regardless, people are having sex. So why not educate people so they know what's going on? They know the different, you know, modalities that exist versus keeping everything so hush hush. Well, and and that's, that's it, right? Because hush hush is where the shame comes from. And if we're looking at numbers like that, you know, 93% of women have fantasized about being sexually dominated and Mm -hmm. that 50% of women and 60% of men will end up cheating on their spouses how is it that we are not having conversations about BDSM and ethical non-monogamy? How can we not be talking about this? So, you know, because if it's in the dark, that's, that's where shame lives. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, that is literally it. I love it. Yeah, I'm seeing how everything ties back to getting rid of shame. So I hope y'all are y'all are picking up on this because I definitely am. So what is one tip that you have for being untamed? I, I'm going to sound like a broken record now. I'm going to sound like the, a broken record. I know you're about to say yeah. it, but I was asking it. <laughs> when I asked it, I was like, she's probably going to be like, why? She well, knows what I'm no, going to so, But you know what? Just one more time. Wait, for the people also say that you have to hear something seven <laughs> times in order for it to sink in or something like that. So I'm going to say it one more, one more time yes. for those in the back. Yes. Um, ask yourself, what would yes. my life look like if shame were an option? <laughs> but like sit down and yeah. write it out. Yeah. Write Seriously, it out. Yeah. And then from there, yeah. say, okay, yeah. if, if, these, if I, if I were able to do, or why am I not able to do these things? Why don't I have this life? It's because there's a little voice in me that's telling me you're yeah. not good enough. You have to stay small. Mm -hmm. You're not worthy. You don't matter as much as other people. You are not enough. And it's a matter of mm -hmm. confronting that voice in there yeah. and saying, where did you come from? When, when did I first feel that way yeah. and having the power to know that your life isn't a closed book, it's a story and you can rewrite it whenever you want. And so giving yourself that space to just imagine, mm -hmm. um, what your life would be like if shame were an option. Yeah. That's the biggest tip I can give you is just yeah. to expand what you even think is possible. I love it. Yeah. I love it and I want to add something to that. So I heard this concept, I couldn't tell you from where, but essentially kind of similar to what you're saying, um, you know, say you're considering making some life-changing decision and think about all the things you're risking losing by not making that decision. Like sometimes we think about risk on the opposite of what am I risking by doing it, but what are you risking losing by not doing it? So say that's, quitting your job to go, you know, backpack across the world. Your list of things that you risk losing are discovering yourself, seeing the world, possibly making new connections around the world. So I think when you think about it like that and tie it into the shame of, okay, what am I losing out on by continuing to carry shame around? Because we only get one life. So you might as well Absolutely. Just say, it. <laughs> screw these people and their feelings. <laughs> you are speaking my language, woman. And, and I will tell you that I ask clients a lot, you know, what's at stake if nothing changes, right? Yes, that's the, I couldn't think of the wording. Yeah, yes, that's but, exactly it. but um, I had a conversation earlier with someone because we were talking about how um, married women, especially moms, how sex gets mm -hmm. added to the, to the bottom of a to-do list, right? And, um, mm -hmm. and so they're like, well, how can we make it not the bottom of a to-do list? And so, of course, I gave them all the ways that you can do that, but... But then yeah. I, I brought it back to infidelity and I said, look, here's the situation. There's a 50% mm. chance you're going to cheat on your husband. And mm. right. If you don't bring this to the top of that right. list, this yeah. is what happens. This is what you're possibly you're risking, risking yeah. your family. So what's at stake if you don't bring this to the top right. of this list. Right. Right. Not all the, of course, right. there's lots of good things that will happen if you do as well, but what's at stake if you mm -hmm. don't, it's pretty bleak. You're talking about potentially yeah. dropping a bomb in your, in your family. So yes, I, yeah. I think that your frame is exactly on point. I completely agree with you, woman. Yeah. yeah. 
Yes, love it. Okay, last question. What's something untamed you've done in 2021? Oh, leaving the legal world, dyeing my hair pink. And yes, her- <laughs> yes. She's like, this is this the year of untamed. Thing. This is my year. You know, one of my colleagues, she's an astrologer and she did a reading for me and I never knew what my risings and all these things were. I just knew I was a Scorpio and then she's like, oh, mm. you're basically Aquarius everything else. And you know, we're in the age of Aquarius right now. Oh, and I was wow. like, oh my God. So yes, this yes. is my untamed year. So you're, yeah, you're coming home. home. Yes, you're like, I'm coming to myself. So this has been all of 2021 for me. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I mean, you have to take risk. And I really enjoyed this conversation. I love the concept of, you know, within your coaching program literally is shameless, like literally releasing shame and, I love also, too, that you're like, it doesn't take three years of therapy to get your life together. Like, let's get through this. Let's let's get through the work so you can have a great time. And I've I've noticed that with a few other coaches I've talked to where they're like, it doesn't take five years of all therapy to try to unpack everything in your life to get what you desire. Like, let's just fast track, get to the root of it and be great. So I definitely love that because I do think. Sometimes we we view healing as some process that has to just be like this long, drawn out, ongoing thing. And we think we can enjoy life until we've, quote unquote, healed everything. And it's like you you're teaching women to get past all that and you can have what you want next week. You don't have to wait. Well, through three years. Of here's the thing. You're never done with the work. Like life would be pretty boring if one day yeah. you're like, I'm totally healed and I'm never going to do anything. To improve I'm perfect. Myself yeah, I'm perfect. Yeah. No, like we, there's this yeah. myth like, okay, anytime you find yourself saying when X happens, then Y, oh, when I lose 10 pounds, then mm-hmm. I'll wear a bikini. When I'm right. healed, then I'll start dating. Wear that bikini now. Yes. Like, yeah. no, there's no when X, then Y. Like, you know, because then it sets you up yeah. for this life where you are living small. So yes, start the healing yeah. now. And I will yeah. tell you, this stuff doesn't heal on its own. Like I've worked with women in their 50s and 60s who've come to me and said, wow, I wish I would have found you 30 years ago kind of thing. Do, do the yeah. work. Um and take care of yourself and surround yourself with people who share similar goals as you, who are either a few steps yeah. ahead of you in their own journey or who, who are kind of following alongside of you in their journey, because that's, that's how we get rid of shame. You know, Brene Brown says, if we can share a story with somebody who yeah. responds with empathy and understanding, yeah. shame cannot survive. Yes, which is why I have, you know, a one on one, but also a group component to what I do, because I want women to see with their own eyes. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, I'm part of a group. I'm part of a community here. And and know that that they're not alone. So surround yourself with good, strong women. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much, Raina. This is so great. I know people took away a lot of gems. Probably need to replay this episode a couple times because it was amazing. It was amazing. So thank you so much for just coming on and just sharing your energy and your time. Um, let us know how we can connect with you, how we can find out more about your coaching program, all of the things. Okay. So um, come to my website. It's my name, RenaMartine.com. I'll spell that out for those in the back. Um, R-E-N-A-M-A. 
Okay, cool. R-E-N-A-M-A-R-T-I-N-E.com for anyone who is visually impaired. Um, and you can also head on over to my Instagram. Just look up Rena Martine and you'll find yes. me. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Thank you all for listening in to another episode of The Untamed World. And until next time, be untamed. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Untamed World Podcast. This is your host, Sheridan LeBay, checking out. Stay tuned and connect with us on the Untamed World on Twitter, Instagram. And if you know anyone who should be interviewed or you would love to sponsor an episode, email us hello at theuntamedworld.com. Until next time, be untamed, be untamed. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.